Yes, sports radio's on. Talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay Eric Taylor. We're hyped up on this wild Monday, holiday Monday. Get ready. Let's do it. We're talking everything. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, shoot us your emails to today at gmail.com. Tweet at us, Facebook us. Also, check out rayandtaytoday.com. Sports is on fire. Ray will get into it. Baseball playoffs, college football. I mean, NFL, everything's going crazy, but we got to start. That's right, baseball, baby. But we got to start before we get to baseball and even Thursday night. Let's start with USC. They have fired their head coach. Pat Hayden put down the axe. First, the suspension yesterday, and then now the firing of Steve Sarkeesian. Let me ask you, why now and should it have been done seven weeks ago after the first incident? And where do you put Pat Hayden's fault with this whole situation, if at all, any, any, any part of it? Well, look, when you're an AD, you got a lot of sports <clears throat> underneath you. But let's not kid ourselves. Football is the yeah, number one sport. Yeah, you got football. So <laughs> this, is the, this is the highest profile sport at one of the highest profile schools. And Hayden came in there <clears throat> to clean it up. And he got rid of Lane Kiffin. And so maybe he wanted Sarkeesian to succeed. But apparently this is repetitive behavior. And when you're dealing with 18 to 22-year-old kids, you know, you really have to be a good role model and – being an alcoholic is an issue, and, and, and I'm look the, from all reports, right? I don't know what's going on there, but apparently he's got issues with, with alcohol, and so maybe uh, to me the one fault is maybe when the first sign showed itself this summer when he had that outburst, or, or maybe even last year if he was drunk, then he should have gone and gotten treatment and gone to rehab. Um, but to be in charge of kids and to be in charge of a program and to be under the influence, that's unacceptable. So I feel bad for the guy, and I actually think that they should have identified this and intervened earlier. So, yes, to some degree, I think Pat Hayden doesn't have his hand on the pulse of the program if he doesn't know that his coach has a problems with, uh, with alcohol when everybody else was saying, in retrospect, that he was showing signs. But, Ray, it's not wait, – wait, but this is what's wild. The reports are coming out. And even former players have come out and said this was going on in Washington. So are you telling me that Pat Hayden, a football guy, not just an AD, a football guy, was not doing his due diligence before he hired this man? Because if there are bar tabs and everywhere in Seattle, everyone knows about his drinking and his football players like, oh, there goes Sark, loving to have a good time again on Twitter – uh, then this is a known issue, and how did he not know about it? Well, look, there's a gray 
gray area, gray a fine area, line between, between not knowing, not knowing that your that guy is an alcoholic and then also having him, you know, having that spill over, like having a drink at night and and, and having, uh, you know, being, uh, you know, as kind of a, a functional alcoholic, I guess, versus, you know, showing up drunk to practice. I mean, that that's a that's a big difference there, and and maybe there's a gray, maybe there's sort of a gray area in between. So maybe Sarkeesian h- held it in and and kind of hit hit his hit his issues, and maybe Hayden couldn't have known. I don't know. You know what? Without being in Los Angeles or in Washington, in Seattle, it's hard to know. Um, but you're right. It, it does say something about the due diligence. If everybody else is saying, well, you know, all the players knew and everybody with ar- around the program knew. So, look, I, I wish the guy well. I wish USC well. You know, nobody wants this to happen. This, this is just a terrible oh, thing. I mean, it, starts, it starts from an addiction, right? And, and so hopefully he'll treat that. He's a great offensive mind, and hopefully he'll find his oh, way I back. I think he's a great guy and a great coach, and I feel for yeah. him and his family. I don't know. I think they said he's going through a divorce and all this stuff, but, it, you know, it's sad. And maybe, because I don't know if you remember this statement, he sort of said seven weeks ago, do I have an alcohol problem when he was asked the question? Well, I don't, I don't think so. I don't know. But maybe I'll talk to the right people and find out if I do. Well, it seems like that never happened, and that's where that's sad to me because, Ray, this could have been probably helped and prevented, and he could probably still be the head coach of this program. Do you know what I mean? And so now Pat Hayden, think of of these seniors. This is their fifth head coach in four four or five years to be seniors. I mean, USC football is USC football, and, you know, the Trojans are looking – Oh, and this is going to kill recruiting this year. I mean, come on. It's, it's, it's messy. It's bad. Sad, sad to see it. We'll, we'll have to move on. We wish, uh, what is it, Clay Harbor that took over? Or Clay, I think, I forgot his name. I think it's Clay Harbor, but wish him well. And now look, Maryland, before the Ohio State game, they basically said, Randy Exo, win or lose, you will be fired after the Ohio, Ohio State game. The Terps played a great first half. Uh, they wind up losing by three touchdowns to Ohio State. That's not a surprise. He gets fired, not even basically, we're not even at midseason yet in week six, almost midseason. Is that is this becoming, and granted, let me tell you, uh, he, he had done a good job. You know, like you said, he, from Connecticut, but I think getting blown out to sort of your rival in West Virginia, it was like 38 nothing or something. I don't think that helped. The Michigan loss, blown out again. So Maryland was having a a rough season, didn't have the greatest recruiting class. But is it right for these guys to be – I mean, this is a different situation at USC. But for Maryland, do you think it's right to just get rid of a coach in the middle of the season? Does that help? I don't like the middle of the season. I mean, I hear what people say where you don't want a lame duck coach because then the kids are thinking about transferring and the kids want to – want to, you know, usurp the power of the head coach. But firing a coach midseason, I don't like that. I feel like you make the commitment, and the day after the season, you you fire him. And maybe the ACC and now the Big Ten was too big for him, and and he couldn't recruit on a national stage, and and maybe he maxed out at Connecticut. But firing somebody midseason, I don't like that. 
Yeah, no, totally agree. All right, so before we get to our segment, Fast and Focus, where we hit you with the four furiously insane questions, let's talk about Sunday Night Football, Ray. Your boy, the book of Eli, comes through again in the clutch, the drive with basically no Reuben Randall, Victor Cruz didn't play, no Odell Beckham, and he's got Shane Vereen and Larry Donnell. Beckham shows up for like the last two plays, almost to really be a decoy, got the pass interference to show you how great he is. How, 441 yards, how, how clutch? Now, we've debated Eli, Hall of Fame, not Hall of Fame, lead the league in interceptions, two Super Bowls, but fourth quarter drive comebacks, I think he's number one all time. How clutch is Eli, right? You know, he's fantastic, <clears throat> and this is where the Giants – made the decision and the right decision for them to re-sign him, and there's nobody better out there for him, right? They weren't going to get Aaron Rodgers. So (laughs) the perfect scenario, though, that describes Eli's career is that two plays before, or maybe it was three plays before the winning drive, he throws up a lame duck in the middle of the field that should have been picked off. So if he does that, then he's the GOAT. But because it wasn't picked off, he came back and used Odell Beckham and used Shane Vereen. How Ooh. come he wasn't covered? What, three catches for 51 yards on that final drive? But, again, Eli Manning, cool as the other side of the pillow, rest in peace, Stuart Scott, just comes through in the fourth quarter. I mean, this guy is an unbelievable fourth-quarter performer, and, and you got to give him credit for that. So that's, that, that's Eli Manning right there. He could have thrown it, easily thrown a, just a terrible interception. Two, two or three plays earlier, doesn't, and then scores a touchdown. Larry Janelle with a great catch, but it was all Eli. We and might be run. at the place where – now, look, I know the Eagles beat the Saints. We could talk about that in a minute when we get to football, but we might be in the place where the Giants might be in cruise control with possibly being the, the best all-around team in the NFC East and winning that division – it might only take nine and seven, but I think Eli by far right now is the best quarterback in the division with Romo out. And, you know, I think the defense will start to play better. If they ever get JPP back, watch out. And they will get back Victor Cruz eventually. Do like well, the start with the months? division's terrible, right? So they have every right to win that division. I think Philly will get it together too, though. I think it comes down to Philly and the Giants. Cowboys right. are going to lose almost every game until Romo and Bryant come back. But Matt so, Castle's so coming. Aren't you excited? Matt Castle might be coming to start Negative. Soon. Negative. <laughs> be nice. Come on. You, 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 wait, listen. You need to hope and pray for Matt Castle. So, anyway, we'll, we'll get back we didn't to have the football. played that badly. I, well, it's just that the, that the Cowboys are undermanned. Yeah, no, you're probably right. They haven't run the ball well, and we, you're right, he hasn't been horrible, but the last game was the worst of all, six points, right, that you can't. But Witten is playing hurt. The running game is eh, you know. But how about uh, – we'll talk let, – let, let, let's, let's get back to football. Okay, we got fast and focused, and then we're getting to baseball. Ray, four questions. You hit me off first. We got quick answers. Let's knock it out, our new segment. Sean Payton, Payton. Mm. does he stay in New Orleans Orleans. 
or does he or need does to he go to the Giants or the Dolphins? Or the Dolphins. Wow. That's a great question. I, the rumors are, are – the streets are talking, right? Ray, I think he's gone. And Parcells might want him to go to New York, and the Mara family probably will make a good play for him. And then I think because Coughlin will probably retire, but then I think there's a play down in Miami because he might get to buy the groceries. So I think it'll be one of the two. I think with Drew Brees' shoulder and his age, he's leaving New Orleans. And so I say he's gone. Not sure Miami or New York, either or. I, I definitely would say yes to one of them. All right. Oh. Shoot one at me. So do you feel, Ray, that it's time to blow up the Detroit Lions and get rid of Matthew Stafford, who got benched by Caldwell yesterday, deservedly so. I think something's wrong with Matt Stafford. I think physically he's not right, or maybe mentally he's not right. I'm not ready to give up on a guy that talented because there aren't any free agents out there that I'm that excited about at the quarterback position. So no, not yet. Top five for the draft. It might be top five in the draft. Maybe they take Gosler Cook. Maybe, and then and then you let him compete with Matt Stafford, and then if they beat him out, great. That's fair. That's fair. All right, let me throw one at you. Did Chase Utley deserve to be suspended for two games for his takeout slide against the Mets? In 2015, yes. 78, probably not. Times have changed. It was more like a tackle. He still hasn't touched second base. <laughs> so, I mean, it was, it, you know, now look, the end result makes it worse because, you know, the fibula and my man's jacked up. But Ray, it, it, you know, it's his job to break up the play. And I don't think he went with malice. I just think when you go so far out of the way to do that and not really slide towards the base, it, it should be called interference. And that's what it was. So he should have been ruled out. And so, to me, the two games, he's, you know, he's appealing. So he plays tonight, right, at City Field. But um, he's not starting. That's what's interesting. They benched him, the Dodgers. Maybe Don Mattingly's trying to avoid a big dust-up. I think so. But I think the warnings are out there. And I think for Matt Harvey, the best thing he can do is pitch eight shutout innings, not try to hit a Dodger and get thrown out of the game. That would be stupid. So let me hit you with our final question, which this is interesting. Which 5-0 NFL team will not make the playoffs? I'm going to say something that's going to anger some of our fans down in the dirty, dirty. Uh Uh-oh. But I think the Carolina Panthers play in a weak division, and so do the Atlanta Falcons. (laughs) They play in the same division. Uh, I think the Atlanta Falcons, despite their 5-0 record, I think they're going to collapse in the second half, and they don't make the playoffs. They've got such a weak schedule, though, Ray. I know, but I look at this team, and I'm like, it's smoke and mirrors. I mean, they have Julio Jones, yes, and this kid Devonta or Devontae, like Devontae. Uh he's he's good, he's emerging, and uh, they haven't really gotten anything out of any of their other receivers, Roddy White and Hankerson. 
but I, I just don't know. I, I'm almost waiting for, for the other shoe to drop and the ugly Falcons to show up. But don't you got to give Quinn credit? I think maybe he's changed that, and they're not ugly. They're hungry, and they're fast and focused on the field defensively. And I think as they get healthier offensively, they might only get better. I think Quinn's changed that defense just with their speed and focus and their, their, you know, their, their determination. I'll tell you this. Don't be shocked because think of there's two wild cards. None of the other divisions really are going to get two teams. You're talking probably Seahawks and Car- Cardinals and Seahawks. I think if the Panthers, let's say they win the division or the Falcons win the division, the other team has easily got a shot to battle Philadelphia and or Minnesota for the wild card. You might be right. I could just see a 2-6 yeah. second half, though. Okay. But, I mean, such a head start. They've got an easy shot. I really believe the way the NFL is working out, they're going to battle out maybe the Eagles' giant loser, the Cowboys, Minnesota, and the Rams. Panthers-Falcons' loser is going to be right in that mix. Fair imagine enough. Well, we'll see. Now. We'll see. It's all about oh, second half. I'm predicting a second half collapse. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Let's get to the baseball, Ray. It is unbelievable how wild these series have been. We got two series going to five games. I think we're in the official final in, um, in, 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 in Texas. The Blue no, Jays. The bottom right. of the ninth. Texas is down 8 4. There you go, 8-4. Well, at least they scored some more runs. But let's talk about that Astro game. I mean, to be up 6-2, the game almost over, you're going into the eighth inning, and then the Royals say, uh-uh-uh, five hits in a row. Then they just keep coming, coming, coming. How impressed were you with the seven, the, the well, the five runs, and then the seven runs, and then and two more runs in the ninth, Eric uh, Hausner with that shot of a homer. He knocked the snot out of it. 9-6, the Royals win to force a game five back in Kansas City. Don't you wish, and I texted this to Ray off air, you almost wish that these two teams were meeting in the ALCS in a seven-game series. Great baseball. Great baseball, Ray. Yeah, you know, I want to see how the Astros bounce back from this because when you're up four – Going into the top of the eighth at home, ah, you're pretty much cruising. convinced that you're going to the ALCS. you got to win that. And my boy Carlos Correa did yeoman's work. Two home runs, four RBI. Carlos Gomez had a home run. Nice. What error. That was a double play right there. That error. It was kind of a hit, though. Be honest. That was a shot. They could have ruled that a hit. No, he could have. He could have. But, you know, you're a professional. you got to make that play. you got to keep the ball at least in front of you. You know, he almost anticipated a perfect hop, and he didn't get it. And to score five and then to tack on two more, to score seven unanswered in the eighth and the ninth when you're facing elimination – that was just but, – but you saw the Royals do it the way the Royals do, just methodical. Single, they went base to base, right? The first four hits were singles. It beautiful. was single, 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 beautiful single. It was just beautiful, yeah. And then you had the Correa misplay, call it, 
and then yeah. they just couldn't recover. And then Mustakas and Gordon, they just take, take your hat off to Kansas City. Now, this game is going back to Kansas City. That's why they have home field advantage. And I want to see Johnny how the Quato. Royals, uh, how the uh, Astros come out and play. Listen, Cueto needs a big game for the Royals. The question is with um, uh, what's the, the number two guy who's starting, could Keiko be on call or would you not want to waste him for game one of the next series? You got to do whatever you need to do. So if you need a left-handed pitcher to get one guy out, I mean, I don't think Keiko will go any material, you know, if you need one or two lefties back to back, and the Royals do have some 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 heavy hitting lefties, then you might see Dallas Keuchel. You got to get to the next round. You do, you do. I, I I wonder, you know, like a Madison Bumgarner. You wonder how that will all play out. That's going to be fascinating. And then the Blue Jays, who we both picked to run the table, win it all. You know. The way that they started off this game, it was before you knew it, it was seven nothing, seven one. Uh, what three? Yeah, three homers right off the bat. That was that was beautiful, and 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 I think they. First of all, Texas is a great hitting part, but I think they found their rhythm. And those bats now, I don't know if the Rangers can stop it when they go back home to Toronto. I think the Rangers should have finished them, and I think they're going to they're gonna pay for it because I think now everybody, Donaldson banged one out. You know what I mean? Like everybody's waking up. I think they'll pitch good enough. The question is game five. Who, did they say who they're throwing out there? Is it supposed to be Price? or? I saw him warming up. Um, <clears throat> he pitched. Price pitched today, though, so so Price is not going to pitch anymore in this series. I mean, unless he pitches. Oh, okay, Price pitched today. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Dicky went four and two thirds, uh, but they they felt like the game was about to slip, and then Price came in. Price actually got lit up a little bit. He gave up three runs. Oh, um, that's how they got the runs. Okay, so I knew Dicky was starting. That's why when you said Price pitched, I'm like, wait a minute, because I had to run out. That's not good. You can't. Uh, poor Price, man. Again, Price. Now, look, Kershaw, man, we had that question last week in the Fast and Focus. But the other episode, I mean, you know, Kershaw pitched great, but he just he can't win. And he got the bases loaded. They took him out, you know. So, so we'll see. Game, game five will be fascinating. Um, gosh, you, you just wonder what, what you know, who's going to come down to. But it looks like the Blue Jays will wrap this up. And uh, we'll have two Game five, AL- you got to love it. Two ALCS game fives. No, yeah, it's perfect. Two ALDSs and and, and both. Now we got the Cardinals and the Cubs. Cubs are, what is it? It's one nothing in the fourth or fifth? Uh, No, 2-1 now. St. Louis took the lead. So they were down one nothing. Now St. Louis is up 2-1. Okay, so let's talk about this series before we get to the classic tonight. Um, One-one, series is tied. The Cardinals. Now, look, I I got a beef, though, man. The umps have been killing me in this series. Uh, the pitch, the strike zone has been horrible for most of the series. This one, I think it was bad for the Cubs and Cardinals. But, Ray, I, I, I hate to say it, but you almost want to put, like, a robot out there for calls, balls, and strikes. 
Because you can't have it that game to game or series to series that every ump is just switching the strike zone. That's insane to me. You know, you can't have one ump. It's like total high strike. I mean, because nowadays with technology, we see afterwards if the ball's going over the plate or not. And they're calling strikes that are so far out of the zone, don't even breathe on the plate. And they're calling strikes. That's, that's just not, it's not okay. You know, you know, you're hundred percent right. Right. The question, the question though is, is how do you how get do you that get authentic feel when you have a guy, a machine, you know, saying ball and strike? You need a home plate umpire in case of a play at home, in case of a foul ball. So, how does that work? How does the mechanics work? Where, where the you do literally have an home plate umpire, but a machine would call balls and strikes, and the ump would call everything else. I don't care what else. they do. I'd rather them get it right and probably would make the game more efficient, maybe even faster. I mean, some of these umps, it seems like they're trying to be, like Ed Hockley, right? They're trying to be the it's story. The show. Yeah, you know, the gun show, the show, show, show your guns. But some of them, it's like, I don't know. It, it gets like they're trying to show up certain players. It's too much. Like, nobody ever buys tickets, Ray, to see a referee or an umpire. We just don't. The best game that you ever I know, saw but, but baseball is, is you don't notice them. I mean, balls and strikes have always been subjective. So why is it any different now? Remember when, when, when the umpires used to have the protector on the outside versus on the inside? So the American League strike zone was different from the National League strike zone. And, I, I mean, look, it's just something that you, you, you just live with. I, I Unless you want to put a robot in there and home plate and, you know, deal with the consequences of that, I don't know. It's just something you live with. I hate it, but, but it's just one of those things. But that's baseball. What can I tell you? No, you listen, wait a minute, wait a minute. We've changed so much in our world and our society in this new baby growing nation and country. You can't say for, yes, it's sports and entertainment, but at the same time, it's people's jobs and livelihoods on the line because of the high pressure and people getting fired. You cannot, and careers getting sometimes ruined, you cannot say, oh, it's just baseball. Like, to me, like, that's too easy to sort of give up. Like, something is solvable, then solve it. This is not so like how do you uh, solve it? How do you solve it? This do you is have a robot? Do you have a... This is a cancer where you can't find a cure, homie. This is, uh, this is something What's the cure, you... though? What's the cure? Because we see it at home. We see the K-Zone at home. And they have Quest Tech in 20 of the 30 parks, something like that. So what do you do? You just put a microphone near home plate, and, and the computer says "ball strike" like it's a video game. That sounds like a I good don't know. Idea. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> we got to work on that. Maybe we maybe we we'll go out to some little league fields. We'll, we'll try it out on the kids. Maybe start in high school or maybe start in college, and try it out. That's a start. I, that see that sounds good to me. That's better than it's baseball. You know what I'm saying? Well, like baseball been very, very good to me. Very, no, very that's good true. To me. That's wait, that's very, yeah. very true, baby. You know, I don't want to disrespect the game. There's so many young. I mean, there's so many young, talented players, and we see so many of them in this Met Dodger series. This is going to be classic tonight. You know, I felt bad for Syndergaard because he was pitching great. 
you know, Granky was great. The first two guys were just amazing and Kershaw and, um, and my man, um, what's his name? My favorite pitcher from the Mets, the first starter. Oh, Jacob DeGrom. DeGrom. I think I told you DeGrom is my guy. I think he's the best. And then Harvey tonight, I think we're in such a, a moment of history of classic, great, dominant pitching. I hope that everyone appreciates it and appreciates what they're seeing because you don't just get like 10 to 12 almost number one dominant pitchers the way we have in the game now. You know, when you look at, you know, healthy Wainwright and Madison Bumgarner and Sonny Gray and all these guys in the playoffs, they are some great pitchers right now in baseball and some of the best we've seen ever in such a long time. It's just great. So I say that to say tonight we could be in for another classic game three in this series. How do you think Harvey will attack it? Will there be issues? Because you know he likes to pitch inside sometimes. I'm sure there'll be pre-warnings. I don't think he'll hit anybody. But how do you think he will pitch? And will he over-pitch in trying to be sort of the hero of his team? Are you, you know, concerned about that aspect? What do you think is going to go down? Well, not only does Harvey want to be the hero of the team, he's always sought the spotlight. But he was, remember, he was, got himself in hot water by missing yeah. practice uh, a few days ago. So he's practice. got a lot to prove. Practice? He's got a lot to prove, and you hope that he doesn't overpitch, and you hope that he doesn't, you know, get hurt even. But you just want him to go out there and be himself. And frankly, he was the boy wonder, the dark knight, a couple uh, last year actually. And now between Degrom and Syndergaard, and if Skid Wheeler comes back, he is. An excellent pitcher, Matt Harvey, but you know what? It's not even clear he's the best or second-best pitcher on his staff or even has the best stuff on his staff. Oh, no, Jacob so, DeGrom has the best stuff. I told you that in a long some time. Ways, in some ways, it all depends on how he handles pressure, right? Is he going to turn out to be a diamond or is he going to crush under, you know, get crushed under the pressure? But there's a lot of pressure on him between this Utley drama, the fact that he missed the practice – the fact that he's starting game three at home in a 1-1 series, the fact that the other two guys, DeGrom and Syndergaard, pitched great ahead of him. You know, there's pressure on Matt Harvey. So we'll see. I, I think he'll do okay. I don't think he'll be great, but I think he'll do okay. He'll probably give the Mets six innings, seven innings, and maybe two runs. Do the Mets win tonight, game three? You know what? I actually think the Mets are going to be overly pumped and trying to get back at the Dodgers, and I think the Dodgers win. I think they squeak it out 3-2. Ouch. You know what? Uh, I'm going to go with Harvey. I'm going to go with the fact that – Harvey over Brett Anderson? I don't love Brett Anderson. You know, he's had some big, you know, matchups. I mean, some big outings. But I'm going to go with Granderson seems the best woken up. I think David Wright at home is is going to sort of rise to the occasion. I think he's been waiting for this. I also look for 
Duva at home, Duda to, at home to do something. And I, I, I think you're going to see Cespedes. I think this game will be a little bit more high scoring. I, I, I'll take the Mets. Seven to three, seven to four. I think Harvey can go ooh, six, seven ooh. innings. But I think I, I think this one we're going to see some runs, and uh, I think you know I think the Mets take the lead. Now I could see it going back to LA for Game Five. We'll see how that plays out. Depending on I don't do they announce who's going to pitch Game Four? Kershaw that, that, on three days rest. Kershaw, but what about the Mets? Oh, for the Mets. Oh no, I don't I don't know. They're probably just gonna go back to Jacob deGrom. Wow. Okay. No, I just you know, I know he's young, I know he can handle it, but I just you know that's the thing that's gonna be interesting to me. And um well, man, they I, used Cologne he, he didn't pitch much. I guess the other player you could potentially pitch is Bartolo Cologne and then have a uh, all hands on deck but start Jacob deGrom on, on regular rest because you get to you get the travel day for game five. Uh, that would be that would be against. Which we set it up to Grom for three and seven, nicely. Oh, if they win. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I, mean? I don't think the Mets. I don't think the Mets have announced their starter yet. Um, let's, no, I don't think they have. I think that. Uh, let's see if the Mets. Kershaw. Oh yes, no, they have. Wait a minute. They just I just came out with this. So it, Clayton Kershaw, Stephen Matz. Wow, they're not even pitching Cologne. They're going that. And then and then on normal rest, it'll be Degrom and Granke in Game Five if necessary. See? So it's either Game Five or he'll be there for Game One. That's interesting. See, I was wondering about that one. Okay, and then so, yeah. in, in the other series, it's Cole Hamels and Marcus Stroman, the young phenom. And and in the other one, it's Colin McHugh against Johnny Cueto. Interesting. Okay. Okay, okay so so that that's how that goes. We'll uh, keep you up with the baseball. I Listen, it's going to be – this is fun. This is a lot of fun. And, you know, this Cub Cardinals series, I think we might have all series, all of them, go five. We really could. That'd be great. That'd be great. It's great for baseball fans, and you know what's great? I mean, when was the last time, you know, NFL Week 5, baseball is like the lead, man. On every sports radio show in the country, basically today, it's been baseball. That's big for baseball. And it should be. You know, we're as big of football fans as it gets. But when you're in the the playoffs – yeah. And, you know, football is, is played over 17 weeks. You can take a break. Game five, week five is big. No, no, definitely. And, you know, but we'll it talk has about been... Pittsburgh-San Diego real quick. But, you know, baseball is playoffs. 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 Right. But, but, Ray, it has been a very good start to the playoffs. You know what I mean? And that yeah, that definitely sure. helps. I think that's something that they would be, you know, they're they're definitely happy about that. But, Ray, it's that time. Here we go. You are now listening to the NFL Talk with Ray, 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 Ray. Woo! Let's do it. Let's talk about NFL 
week five. Before we go backwards, let's get the prediction out of the way. Monday night football, you got the Steelers at the Chargers. It would have been Ben against Rivers. They were in the same draft, the trade, all that good stuff with Eli. Those three quarterbacks will always be tied together. But Phillip is the outsider. He has not won yet. And he's just as talented as any quarterback in this league. From Brady to Rogers to Romo, Rivers can do it all. He's a gunslinger. He's a warrior. But he has had probably the worst GM top five in sports. A messed up sort of situation with the ownership. Not They've taken away all of his talent. Every year he loses someone, if not multiple weapons and offensive line. And I just feel like Phillip can't get a break. The defense is horrible against the run. They're 27. The Steelers get back my, my man, Martavius Bryant, Michael Vick, extra practice time. After the short week last week, he gets the extra long week. And I say, honestly, it's going to be an exciting game, but I think Bell and Brown and Bryant will be too much. Mike Vick will just have to distribute. I don't think he'll turn it over. The Chargers are great at getting turnovers anyway. And Gates is back, so I think he'll score. And he needs to get his, uh, what is it, go for his touchdown, end of the day, in San Diego, I think the Steelers bounce back. Bell runs for 120 and a touchdown, catches six balls for 50, dominates the game. He's my fantasy stud, and the Steelers win 26-24 over Phillip Rivers and Antonio Gates and the Chargers. You know what? I'm going to say, what kind of food do they eat in San Diego? Like Tex Mex? Is it is it California cuisine? Well, what's, what's the home cooking? What's home cooking over there? I'm gonna say that the San Diego Chargers are gonna have some home cooking, and my man Philip Rivers from the East Coast, NC State is going to love himself some home cooking, and he is going to take care of business. He's got Antonio Gates back, which means that he's got Gates and Green. And my man, who is so inconsistent, but you know when he's on, he's one of the better receivers in the game, is Keenan Allen. And Danny Woodhead out of the backfield. They want a little bit more out of Gordon. You're right, the defense hasn't been consistent. But you know what? I don't think Michael Vick is ready to get his groove back. I think he's Ooh. probably next week. Next week is his week. I think that there's still so he's, you're saying he's armor. not Stella? He's not Stella? He don't got he can't get his groove I'm back? I'm saying Stella has not gotten her groove back. I think when you're that old you can't just get it back in a week <laughs> unless your name is Matthew Hasselback. Uh <laughs> No, but I, I do think that the San Diego Chargers are going to take care of business. I think they're gonna put green and uh, Antonio Gates together. I well, think they that's have to, Ray, because my, Malcolm Floyd and Stevie Johnson are both out, and they have no receivers. This team is banged up. Banged up, and that's why Danny Woodhead out of the backfield is going to be a matchup nightmare. I just have a feeling that Michael Vick in the fourth quarter is going to create or cost you the game a turnover, a fumble. He's going to try and create a first down with his legs. 
It's going to get hit. It's going to fumble the ball. San Diego's going to take it and drive it all the way down. And you know what? San Diego Chargers home cooking. Tex-Mex, California cuisine, whatever you want to call it. San Diego Chargers, baby. I think they win 27-23. How about them Chargers? Who's your fantasy stud? Fantasy stud is Keenan Allen. On a PPR basis, he'll catch 12 balls for 102 yards and a touchdown. A lot of short stuff. Okay, a bunch of crazy games yesterday. Afternoon, not too exciting. You know, there's not much to say. Your Patriots or the, the, the nation's Patriots, they are took the villain team, took over the other villain America's team and just spanked them 30 to 6. The only question I have for you, because the Packers, right, they took care of the Rams, but they could have lost that game. And as much as I want to say, are we headed towards a Packer Patriots Super Bowl, which we thought we were going to get last year? because they're both undefeated and look like the two best teams in a way. I I saw some things. Now, look, it was since 2012, Aaron Rodgers hadn't thrown an interception at home. But 24 to 10, they missed three field goals. If they took one of those to a touchdown, Gurley went off 158, got busy, 159, whatever. The Packers, they could have been had. And they don't normally lose at home. Was that just sort of what the Rams did to frustrate him, or did he have a bad day? I mean, will this will we ever see no, that I again? No, I give credit to the Rams. I give yeah, credit you got to give the Rams. Credit. The Rams have a fearsome foursome, and that defense, and that defense with Quinn, Quinn and, and Johnson and Barron, Laronitis. And Long, Long got hurt. we got to mention that. Long, Long got did hurt. get hurt, yeah. But the Packers are as good a team as there is in the NFL – especially at home. I thought Jordy Nelson, dropping Jordy, losing Jordy Nelson would cost them a chance to play for the Super Bowl. But you know what? If they keep winning and they get home field, coming to Lambeau is really, really hard. Think about this. Aaron Rodgers played maybe his worst game in several years. <laughs> and even though you say the Rams missed three field goals, which they did, and they could have won, you don't really get the sense that the Packers were in trouble. You always felt like the Packers would win this game. They didn't get much from the running game in Eddie Lacy and James Starks. Aaron Rodgers had his worst game in several years, two interceptions and a fumble, and they still won 24-10. Against the Rams team, now, albeit they've been up and down, but when they've been up, they've beaten you know the Ram- they beat Seattle and the Arizona Cardinals, two very good teams. So I'm scared. I'm looking at the glass half full on this. I'm saying you played poorly and you still won at home. So kudos to the Packers. We got to watch out for that being a Super Bowl matchup. But two other teams that might have something to say about that. They both got their victories. Uh, Denver and Arizona. I'll start with Denver. It was an ugly game. And at 5-0 and with their their quarterback, who is one of the greatest of all times, playing like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. He's his QBR is twenty fourth ranked in the NFL. Their offense is horrible. They're averaging seventy one 
0.6 rushing yards a game. That's like legendary worst ever. I think the Broncos franchise, the worst ever is like 77 yards a game way back in the sixties. So this team is really only about defense and special teams in terms of them winning. Manning is, is not going to get better as the wind and the weather gets worse. So they need the running game to improve. And I think maybe he needs to realize he needs to rely on his defense and not lose the game instead of trying to win it because this defense, yeah, it might not be historically the best defense ever and we'll have to play it out and see how it continues. But right now they're number one in a lot of categories and Ray Harris is better than what we think. Harris and Harris and Tlaib is the best uh, one-two punch in the league. Best two. They are. They're both cover corners in the league. Yeah, they're better than Revis and Cromartie because I think Harris is a better cover corner than Cromartie, and they are so ferocious. You got to watch my man, your boy Demarcus Ware. Got looks like he got a little hurt, so they got to watch that for the pass rush. But Von Miller is playing like the defensive MVP, and this team, they're they're getting better. They're just getting better defensively. To me, it's actually very simple. I, I think they have to run the ball. Yeah. If they run the ball, everything else works itself out. I think Peyton has enough juice in that arm combined with what he has upstairs in his head as the master tactician. They just need to run the ball. If they run the ball, they'll be in the AFC Championship game. And if they don't, they won't. Because if Peyton Manning has to consistently win you a game or two, he's getting to the point where he can't make every throw and corners are jumping his routes and he is in trouble. So you're right. He has to change his mindset, but I think more than anything, this is get, this gets solved when, when Hillman and Anderson can run the ball. So props to Arizona. You need to say, I'm sorry, because you definitely didn't believe in them. And they, they made Stafford not only get benched, but look ridiculous. But I got to say this, you know, you, he can't just throw interceptions the way he does. Like he's playing around in his backyard. Like, this is, like, his job. And, he, and some of those passes and those interceptions were just – they were absurd. Like, he should have thrown it. You know what I mean? Two of them. And then the third one was, you know, maybe, you know, you could say, oh, Calvin should have got it, whatever. But I got issues with Matthew. That, that, that's neither here nor there. They're just – the Lions are done. I think they're playing for Goss or Cook. And I, I think that's what's going to happen. But Arizona, I think you're not respecting them enough. I think they're very good, and I think they probably are going to win that NFC West, and Seattle's going to have to go for that wild card this year. I think Arizona's defense is that special, the way they get turnovers. You know they just signed Dwight Freeney. I saw that. They're adding Dwight Freeney to a D that's pretty tough. And, you know, he's old, but, hey, if you just say only do the one thing we need you to do, third down, come rush the passer, he could help. He could definitely help. a young man by the name of Charles Haley. Yes. who basically did just that and won five Super Bowls. So Dwight Freeney can definitely help. Let me ask you this. So props to the Bills for surviving over Tennessee. Ugly game. Tyrod Taylor, you know, my play cousin, keeps doing it. Fantasy stud. And then this is a Buffalo team that's got a lot of injuries. So they're, they're winning with, you know, not being healthy, the whole running, you know, backfield. But Cleveland and Philadelphia, did those two teams just basically end the season – of New Orleans and Baltimore, Ray, with those victories? Yeah, New Orleans is done, and Baltimore is done, I believe, too. I think so. I, that's a bad, I that's am a waiting bad for Cleveland to be good. You know, I, I, I really 
feel like this team lost their Browns and became the Ravens and had to wait, and then they built a new stadium, and then they got their Browns, their you know replacement Browns, if you will. I'm really pulling for the Cleveland Browns. I think they're starting with a defense. And did you see the stats that your boy Josh McCown threw up? 457. Now, granted, he threw the ball 51 times. But But that's that's to Travis Benjamin. That's to Travis Benjamin, my man, uh, Gary Barnage. Gary Barnage. I know. And and Duke Johnson. That's amazing. Well, don't forget about Taylor Gabriel. But, yes. Not Taylor (laughs) Dane. Taylor Gabriel. Oh, uh, don't don't get me started on Taylor Dane. I got feelings. But let's talk about the Baltimore defense because you can't give up 33 points at home and whatever happened to their tackling. Like, I, I couldn't believe watching. Like, they could not make any, 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 any tackles. And Flacco, it seems like he's getting a little uh, Andy Dalton, and Andy Dalton's not getting that anymore. Flacco is kind of struggling. I don't know. I mean, He's well, got he two kind of... touchdowns on the ground. <laughs> Joe yeah, no. Flacco killing his fantasy owners like Hank that benched him. Um, but you know what? Baltimore's in trouble. Uh, without Steve Smith, they really don't have any kind of consistent play at the skill position. I mean, other than Forsett, right? But um, where are... Joe Flacco's options. Again, I, I'm not a huge Joe Flacco fan. I think he had that one great run to the Super Bowl, and they had to pay him. So they're stuck with this guy with $20 million a year for the next, what, four or five years. Um, but if you're stuck with him, the one thing he has is a big arm. So get him receivers. Torrey Smith was a bust. Steve Smith, it turns out, is great. But he's banged up. So now and you're talking Perryman about taking. Perryman yeah. done for the season probably. So it's, it's a shame. So Philadelphia did turn it around. It was against the Saints, but they look, they actually started to run the ball out of not shotgun, but, you know, Bradford under center. And that helped DeMarco Murray. Matthews looked good. So, you know, let's see how they do against a real defense. But they seem to be turning around. Good thing for Winston in a shootout against Blake Bortles that they got to win. So that was good for Tampa. But before we get to this Thursday night game, the Falcons, in a very difficult game. I told you they'd win. I think you picked the Redskins. But they won with their defense and a bad performance of Matt Ryan and Julio in and out hurt, Hankerson in and out hurt. How about the Falcons with Freeman and the defense taking it to the house with the defensive touchdown, 25-19 in overtime? That was pretty impressive. That was, it that was. was a good win. I was actually – I was impressed by the Redskins too, though. I thought they played pretty well on the road against a four and and0 team. They could have they could have easily won the game. That Redskins are a better end. team than people think. Redskins are not an easy yeah. out week to week. I gotta tell you though, why is Kirk Cousins starting? I no, I, I was gonna say the same thing, right? And it's not about RG three or not, but I don't think Kirk Cousins is an NFL starting quarterback. I just don't. And and this is why and this is what I have to say. People, when the Jets didn't have a quarterback, and they still potentially really don't have a a legit starting quarterback, they were like, trade for Kirk Cousins. I say, people, slow your roll. There's a reason why this guy was a number three pick, a a third-round pick. Now, granted, um, our boy Russell Wilson was a third-round pick, but Russell Wilson was small in stature, and people didn't know how well he could perform at the next level. 
But there's a reason why Kirk Cousins was a third-round pick out of Michigan State. There's a reason why he was RG3's backup. There's a reason why he is a guy that when you play the game tape and you have five and then ten and then 15 games of tape on him, you figure out that he's limited. And he is not a legit starting quarterback in the NFL that can lead your team to a winning record. So I'm not saying that RG3 is the answer. I actually do think RG3 has a lot more upside left in him, especially if he gets a good owner and a good quarterback coach to a good uh, to get offensive in the ear. coordinator. That's what and he a good, well, yeah, offensive coordinator, of course, yeah, but somebody, a quarterback coach, literally like somebody who is his shadow, <laughs> somebody yeah. all up in his grill. But no. I can tell you that Kirk Cousins is not the answer. He's not the answer. So RG3 may or may not be the answer, but Kirk Cousins is not the answer. So well, let's, let's finish up the NFL real quick before we get to, to college, though, right? Because we got to mention Jamal Charles and the loss. The Chiefs also lost their star running back for the season with a torn ACL. Very sad. Just, uh, you hate to see that. Good for the Bears, right? Their season's not a total wreck. I don't know how many more games they'll win. Cutler's horrible still. But they got the victory. And the Chiefs, it looks like their season is kind of over too. I don't know how they can turn it around. Their defense gives up a lot. And it just, Alex Smith, he's just not the answer. He's not. You know? Yeah, you feel bad um, for the Chiefs. But you know what? We got to transition, man. We got to go to college. We got to talk about the young kids. Well, wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. We, we, we got to pick Thursday, and we got to talk about the best game of the, of the weekend. We cannot leave out, real quick, Seattle, Cincinnati. I think we have to tip our hat to Dalton and say, okay, fine. You have to prove it in the playoffs. But you proved it against the best defense in the last three years in overtime. It was 24-7, to and you came back and, and, and won that game. That, to me, was huge. They had the best roster, talented, 53-man roster in the NFL. If they stay healthy, the Bengals, and I'm, I, I got to admit it, because you gave them the props to the division. I didn't see it. But they actually... When everyone's healthy, Ray, they might have the opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. I, I think I, I, I'm ready to admit that. They still have to prove it to me, but I'm ready to admit it. So I tip my hat. Thursday night, let's pick it. Saints at Falcons, what do you got? Well, <clears throat> you know me. I told you <laughs> that the Falcons are overrated, and I think the Falcons are going to start losing, and they're oh. going to start to go on a losing streak. So... At home to Breeze with no arm? At home to Breeze with no arm. Breeze is going to do just enough to get this game, just like he did against Dallas in overtime. And, no, the game's actually in New Orleans. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. They haven't been playing well at home. They have not. You're right. And and this is atypical because when they went on that Super Bowl run, that that place what are the, what do they call it the Mercedes Benz Arena or whatever, the Superdome, Super uh, that place is going to be rocking. And I think that uh, I saw Marcus Colson got, got banged up, so I'm a little bit worried. But I think that Drew Brees is going to find an option if you shut down. Julio Jones, you have a chance. Devontae Freeman is going to do his thing, but I still have. Sneaky suspicion. New Orleans wins thirty to twenty-three. 
I want to pick the Falcons in this game, but I think that Drew Brees and Sean Payton can draw up enough, and Mark Ingram will probably run the ball more than usual. And they'll find a way to get it to C.J. Spiller to help Brees' arm, screen passes to Cook and Brandon Coleman, and I say that they actually win 27-24 in a close one over the Falcons. Go Saints, go. College football, you were right. Saturdays, real quick, top 10 of the top 25, Ohio State, Baylor, TCU, Utah, Clemson. They all got number one votes, the top five. Six, LSU, Michigan State, seven. Florida, who we got to talk about, Will Greer, real quick, suspended today, out for the season for PEDs. He got something over the counter, didn't clear it, a mess. Texas A&M. At number nine with a first place vote, that's crazy. And then at number 10, sweet home Alabama. Ray, what surprises you about the top 25? Michigan smacked up Northwestern. Utah holds on. Florida wins. Bama wins. Uh, tell, me, tell me your thoughts. What are you thinking about the top 25 and, and, and college football right now? Well, uh, Michigan, Michigan is number 12, is number 12 and they had a they great had a victory, 38-0 at home. Woo! That stood out to me. Them Alabama, Alabama quietly is back. They're the top-rated one-loss team. But to me, three and four are the ones that are intriguing. Mm. Baylor moves up to two. TCU, who could have lost two games already, is uh, down at three. Very entertaining they, to watch them play, Ray. And the who would have thought that in that powerful Pac-10 that had Cody Kessler and SC disappointing, Pac-12, sorry, Cody Kessler and that uh, this what turns out to be disappointing USC team, Arizona, Stanford, Oregon, the team we're talking about with 16 first place votes, UCLA, is the Utah Utes, 16 first-place votes, 5 record. Yo, I tell you what, keep an eye on this Utah team. But fun weekend, your boy Leonard Fournette, 150 yards, not 200 yards. I was close, uh, like he got nervous. I told you he yeah, he's, he's yeah. Looks like Michigan it's his State should have lost the Rutgers wreck. Michigan State is lucky to be seven because they almost lost the Rutgers. They are very lucky. We got to give Clemson props. They could very easily be higher than five. That was a good win over Georgia Tech. And I guess, you know, next week we'll see Florida LSU and Michigan, Michigan State. We'll all preview it on Friday. And Baylor, Steph Russell says, I want to be invited to New York, the quarterback. The better Bears are for real. Yeah, some good, some good stuff. We're about to turn the corner. They're about to start right on week six. Don't they start with the uh, official BCS rankings? And it's either this week or the next weekend. Yeah, it's coming up. All right. Well, we'll be excited about that. I mean, the good thing is we got a Final Four, so it'll all play itself out. But yeah, so far so good. And then, oh, Charlie Strong in Texas. We got to mention that. Save Great the job win. potentially. I watched that. Great win. They played for him, right? Well, that's that's the whole point, though. Had they been losing and they played hard, people would be okay with it. But it's it's as if they didn't play hard and they checked out. So it's good to see that they did play for him. That's a bad loss for Oklahoma, though. Good win for Texas. And Cal, give Cal credit. 
they hung in with Utah, but five interceptions from Jared Goff, that was not a big time performance. I don't like that. Yeah, that could be that could be an issue. Yeah. Great show. We'll be back Friday. Watch the baseball playoffs. Tonight you're in for a treat to watch, you know, Monday night football, my Steelers, so I'll be watching that, but you gotta see the end of the Cubs Cardinals. And then we got the Mets and Dodgers. Just great baseball. So we'll fill you in and update it all and talk some more sports on Friday. Thanks for listening and talking sports for friends. We're out. Peace.